presence of the Lord, man, you are the temple of God. If you look at, if you look at Israel, they walked in the wilderness with a, cl- with a cloud in the day and fire at night. Presence of God was all around them all the time. Amen? But you have to become aware of God's presence in your life. And you've got to keep your eyes fixed on it. Amen? Don't be distracted by the stuff around you. Keep your eyes on the glory. Keep your eyes on Him. You know, Blade and I, we were digging trenches this week. (laughs) We were laying cable and water pipe and all kinds of stuff. And you know, Florida's hot, man. You're out there, it's like 85 degrees. You're sweating. You're cutting your fingers open. You're hitting rocks. You're getting blisters. And we were having the best time. We were laughing. We were singing, dig a tunnel, dig, dig a tunnel. Dig a tunnel, dig, dig a tunnel. Dig a tunnel, dig, dig a tunnel. Quick, before the hyenas come. (laughs) And we're we're just having the best time digging holes. You know, I, I remember working when I didn't have God and everything was frustrating to me. Where you hate what you do. Everything's just, ah, you know, you're irritated all the time. But when you are fixed on Jesus and your heart is fixed on Him and you're secure in who you are, it doesn't matter where you work or what you do. You are aware of His presence even in the hardest situations. Can I get an amen? And in that, you keeping your focus on Him, you keep your joy, and you have the best time. Can I get an amen? And so the spirit of fear wants to grip you and pull you into the ditch and put depression on you and lie to you and tell you, no, it's not going to work out. But I'm here to tell you, just get your eyes on Jesus. Because when you fix your eyes on Him, it doesn't matter where you are or where you go, you will not be moved and you will not be shaken. Can I get an amen? amen? And so, anything else, Lord? You know, I, I was listening to a message yesterday. This Indian prophet guy, was, he says some very funny Indian English words too. It was great. Um, but he was preaching this message to a church that he was attending And he was talking about business as usual in the church. He was talking about how he goes to all these churches and they're in a ritual and they're in a format. And there's no room for the Spirit of God to move. And we have to be very careful, family, that we don't get caught up in three songs. Misty getting up, Pastor Misty getting up, then Pastor Selena getting up. and You know what I mean? You can get so caught up in the formula that you are expecting to do the same thing every week and it becomes monotonous. And we got to make sure, I got to make sure, and we have to make sure that we're hearing what the Spirit of God wants to do and we'll let God do what He wants to do. Because God knows your hearts and He knows what you need. And if we override what He wants to do, then you leave here not getting the peace that you need. And I could have gone ahead with my message and everything, but I'm standing here in worship and I feel this thing in my pocket. I'm like, what is that? And it's a five-rand coin. That five-rand coin, I took this jacket to South Africa in October last year. And here I have this coin in my pocket, and I pull it out, and immediately I remember the dream that I had. 
And then Pastor Selene is talking about dreams. Right? And so we want to flow with God and we want to do what we want to do because my son is lying on the floor here today. And God has given him today something that I believe he's, even that he's desired. <laughs> that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't listening to what the Lord wanted to do. Are you with me? So it's important that in our day-to-day, everything that we're doing, even though we have a job, our first assignment is to walk with God. Are you with me? And if we will get ourselves focused on what the Lord is saying and what the Lord is doing, He will direct your steps every day. So you will start having encounters with God and seeing God move through you to touch and impact people's lives everywhere you go because you're not focused on you. You're focused on the kingdom and what God wants to do. Not my will, but your will be done. So when you walk into an environment, you say, Lord, is there anything you want me to do here, Lord? And then you hear the Holy Ghost say, yeah. Say this, do this, do that, give this. Smile, help this person, whatever it is. And it's in the small thing that you do that you're going to see God use that opportunity to touch that person's life. Can we get an amen? So epic. Hallelujah. And that's what we're doing in this church. We're just not, we're just not, we're not trying to get congregation members. I'm not trying to get congregation members here. It's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm looking to do is raise up people that are mature, and they know the voice of God, and they'll obey Him. Can I get an amen? And so that's what we're doing with you. My only motive is that you have a relationship with God and you learn to obey His voice. The Scriptures give you guidelines for how you're supposed to live, but it's the Holy Ghost that actually speaks to you to tell you specific things that you need to do. Amen? The Holy Spirit specifically spoke to me. We're talking 2007. How many years ago for you mathematicians? 16 years ago? 16 years ago, I have a dream, and today I've got a coin in my pocket, and the Lord says, do this now. Amen. Praise the Lord. I just feel, I just feel it. So let me tell you another vision. So this is my latest journal. Yeah, I'm just going to talk vision today because that's what I have to do, Lord. So in this vision, there's, I, I'm praying. I'm, I'm in the presence of the Lord. And suddenly, I see a hole, a keyhole in front of me. It's an old door. It's got a rustic lock. It has a gear mechanism that, had, that was gold. And it looked modern and new inside. And then I was given a key. And the key went into the hole and unlocked the door. As I walked inside, I saw books all around me. The room was small. I saw a book on the shelf that had one word, wisdom, that was written in gold on it. I pulled it off the shelf and opened it to the center page, and it looked translucent gold like it had depth. Out of the book came a scripture, Proverbs 3.15. Now, two weeks ago or last week, whenever I read this to you, I didn't actually go to Proverbs 3.15 and tell you what the Scripture says because my Bible was in my office, and then I forgot to share it. So I want to make sure that I share it. What did I say? Proverbs 3.15. So Proverbs chapter 3, verse 15 says, 
Wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. So here I'm in this room. God unlocks the door, allows me to go into a room, and I see a book on a shelf, and it says wisdom in gold letters. And when I pull the book off the shelf and open it, out of the depths of this translucent gold book comes a scripture that says Proverbs 3.15. I don't know what Proverbs 3.15 is. But then after I came out of this encounter, I go to Proverbs 3.15 and I realize wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her. That's when the Lord had invited me and called me to press into wisdom. Can I get an amen? And the things that I am teaching you this year unfolded from this encounter where God has given me the wisdom to share for you with you in this season because there's something very specific that God is doing in this church. Can I get an amen? See, my preaching is not me going to sermoncentral.com and downloading something from the internet that some theologian wrote so that I sound like I know what I'm talking about. I don't give a rip about theologians and what they write in sermon.com. Can I get an amen? My job is to stand here and declare what I hear the Lord saying to this house. Can I get an amen? So... After this book, I begin to ascend upwards, and I realized that I was in a tower. There were books all the way up. I got to the top, and there was like a ceiling, and I phased through the ceiling, and then I was sitting in a dark room. As I was sitting on the floor, suddenly a TV screen appeared like 360 degrees around me. And then I saw that I was sitting in a lighthouse. On the screens, I realized I was sitting in a lighthouse. And the Lord showed me that if I'm going to get the wisdom from Him, that I would become a lighthouse to the people around me. That the light would shine in me and then the light would shine through me. Amen. And so that was this encounter that I had. The, a couple of scriptures that I wrote down, Proverbs 20, 27, the spirit or the conscience of man is the candle of the Lord, searching and examining all his innermost parts of his being or of his heart. Uh, here's another great one. Jesus is a place of safety. His name is a strong tower. And so I wrote all this down. And from this encounter, towards the end of the year, the Lord began to speak to me about the importance of boundaries. Look at the person next to you and say boundaries. And we had Deuteronomy chapter 6 that the Lord gave us as our scripture for this year to stand on. And I'm going to read Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 1 through like 14 to remind us. You know, I don't have to suck up a new message for you to entertain you every week. We got to get the one message that God is giving us. And we've got to get rooted and grounded in what God is saying so that we can experience what God wants us to have. Look at the person next to you and tell him, when God gives you a word, that word is going to produce something that doesn't currently exist in your life. So God wants to do a new thing. God wants to produce something. And we have to be open to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And we have to be ready to do whatever the Lord wants us to do. And this season has been declared a year of divine increase. It's not just a year of divine increase. It's establishing the things that must be done for a life of divine increase. Never-ending increase. 
with the person next to you and say, what we're doing today will produce never-ending increase. When God said, let there be light, galaxies are still being formed. It hasn't stopped. There are no limits in God. Look at somebody and tell them, no limits, no boundaries. I see increase all around me. Stretch forth, break forth. What's the next word? Uh, enlarge my territory. That's it. So Deuteronomy chapter 6. These are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord, your God, commanded me to teach you. You must obey Him in the land you're about to enter and occupy, and you and your children and your grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you, look at the person next to you and say, if you. If you obey all His decrees, commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you. Look at the person next to you and say, if you're careful to obey what the Lord says, Everything will go well with you. It says, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, say abundance, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors promised you. Verse 4, listen O Israel, the Lord is our God and the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you are on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So God wants us to make sure that we take His commands and put them up everywhere so they're constantly before our eyes, that we're constantly speaking them, that we're being constantly reminded of them, and we're teaching them to the next generation. Can I get an amen? Say, if I'm not living it, I'm not teaching it. Verse 10. The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land He swore to give you when He made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm here to tell you that the Lord your God will soon bring you into the visions and the dreams that He promised you. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Because he made a vow. When God speaks to your heart, when God speaks, it's like a command. It's like a law. And he makes a vow that cannot be changed. Can I get an amen? When the Lord spoke to me in 2005, he said this to me. He said, I'm going to restore your family. You're going to start a business. You're going to expand the business. You're going to build a home debt free and you'll have an international ministry. Do you know that our home is days away from being finished, right? And South Africa International Ministry launched at the same time. So what God spoke to me in 2005, we're actually walking out the finishing season of it. That means we're actually standing in prophetic destiny. And the very thing that God said, we're experiencing. The book of Genesis says that in the beginning, God said, and then God saw. If God speaks it, we're supposed to see it. And so the things that God speaks into your heart, the things that the Lord shows you, you're going to see them become a reality in your life. Man, the God we serve is epic. He's ultra awesome. I'm going to get like a list of 17 words or something that I'm going to make up for how cool God is. Because the English language is so limited. 
He's awesome. He's epic. He's beyond what you can think or imagine. Amen? So the Lord your God will soon bring you into the land He swore to give you when He made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It will be a land with large, prosperous cities you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce, and you will draw water from cisterns you did not dig, and you will eat from vineyards and olive trees you did not plant. And when you have eaten your full, look at the person next to you and say, when you are fully satisfied, when you are blessed, and you are in abundance, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and serve Him. You see, it's very easy that when you become prosperous and you start getting money and you start having fine houses and wearing nice clothing and wearing expensive jewelry and driving nice cars, having your refrigerators full, having everything that you need and everything that you want, it's easy to forget God. Why? Because you're comfortable. And family... It's, if you read the stories in the Bible, when people forgot God, they lost everything. And I don't want to be somebody that, that the Lord blesses, and then in the blessing, I forget where that blessing came from. Look at the person next to you and tell him, if you will not do what you did to get blessed, you will become entitled and think God owes you something. That's how it is. Just because you're a child of God, you think, well, I deserve this. You deserve nothing. If you obey the Lord your God, you'll be blessed in the land. But if you turn your heart from the Lord, you will lose everything and you will perish. You can lose it in a day. As, quick, as hard as it was to come, you can lose it all in a moment. Amen. And so this week while I was with Elsebe, Misty and I, we were praying and spending time with Elsebe, my spiritual mama. I went into another encounter with the Lord, a vision that the Lord showed me. And the Lord showed me heaven open and he took javelins. They were like these javelins. And he was like throwing them down like lightning bolts to the ground. And when they hit the ground, they were these pillars that could not be moved and they could not be shaken. And these, these pillars came down like rapid fire out of heaven, and it built a boundary as far as my eye could see. And then a light barrier went around these pillars. And on the inside of this barrier, I saw trees and fruit trees and vegetables just spring to life and flourish as far as the eye could see. And then I saw animals like trying to penetrate these beasts, trying to penetrate the boundary. They couldn't jump over it. They couldn't go under it, and they couldn't go through it. And so the Lord confirmed to me this week that the message that we are preaching is about setting up boundaries, secure boundaries, that on the, if you stay on the inside of the boundary, you will flourish and you will have abundance. And the enemy will not be able to penetrate what God is doing to bring destruction. But if you live on the outside of the boundary, then you are open to being tore up by wild animals. And so you have to make a decision. Which side of the fence do I stand? 
Am I going to stand living life my own way? Or am I going to live according to the boundaries and the laws and the commands and the decrees of God? Because it's in that place that the blessing of the Lord will rest upon you. Can I get an amen? And so for me, it's not about how much the Lord is going to increase me this year. And we're, we're breaking into different realms of increase on all sides. It's hitting like never before. But what I'm here to tell you is my focus is not on what God is giving us in our hand. My focus is on God. What did you say and what am I doing to stay in line with what you've said? Because the increase happens naturally if you'll obey God. Can I get an amen? And see, and most people, even me, I've never experienced the increase that we're in right now. I've never experienced this level of abundance in our lives before. And I'm not talking the church. I'm talking about outside of the church. My salary doesn't come from preaching. BTW. Our salaries don't come from preaching. Our salaries come from what we do outside of Sunday morning. Can I get an amen? And so we've never seen what we're seeing hit us before, ever. And I remember the days where in my heart I was saying, God, when will we get there? When will we have this? When will we have that? Even though I was like in a wilderness season where God only provided what was needed, right? But there's a promised land that you enter into where the abundance hits you. And we've crossed over into that abundance. And it's getting ready to hit you. That's all I'm telling you right now. It's hitting us and it's going to hit you. And I am preparing you to handle the abundance that's coming. Look at the person next to you. Say, I'm being prepared to handle the blessing that is coming. You see, if we don't walk in it, how are we going to lead you into it? You cannot lead somebody where you haven't been. If you're blind, you'll lead somebody into a ditch. Can I get an amen? But we're not blind. I'm telling you right now. I see very clearly what the Lord is doing, and we're experiencing divine increase on every side. And if it's hitting this house, it means it's hitting you. Can I get an amen? We saw in 2021 when the Lord spoke to us to give a year's worth of wages, when we honored God and took a year's worth of wages that came into the church and sowed it into other ministries, into Kenya, to Africa, into prophets, into ministers and pastors. When the Lord spoke that to us, we put $228,000 a seed into the ground. Can I get an amen? Double what had come in the year prior. And we broke barriers that year, and the Lord stretched each and every one of us to give personally in that year. What we're standing in today is the harvest of what was sown two years ago. It didn't just happen. It didn't just happen. When I read that scripture in the Bible that spoke about the woman with the alabaster jar, bringing a year's worth of wages and pouring it upon Jesus as an, as an act of worship because of what God had done, I knew that was God setting us up for a brand new season of increase. And I didn't know where that money was coming from. There's no way you can take the entire year's budget and give it the next year. It's like you earning 50000 a year and God says, give your whole salary away this year. How am I supposed to live, Jesus? But then supernaturally, God begins to provide funding that you've never seen before, that you never expected. Say, so it's not by my hand. It's by His hand when I hear His voice and I obey Him. If God tells me, give, give $125,000, I'm 
then surely God knows where that money is. He wouldn't ask me to give something if I didn't have it. But when you don't have it and you're like, i got to obey, and at the same time God told me to do that, we were being sued for $100,000. Actually, $337,000. So when God says, give one hundred and twenty-five, and then you get a lawsuit for $337,000, Do I obey God or do I tremble in fear and save every penny because I got to go and take care of something? No, you obey God. It's just the devil trying to distract you from what God said. Can I get an amen? Don't worry about where the lawsuit came from. It's over. It's done. It's paid for. When we were in COVID, we lost an entire center. We got shut down. We had three locations, and one of our locations got shut down because the students that were coming there were from the school system, and school shut down. So we lost all our income, but we still signed our names on a lease that we had to pay. And the landlord is from the Russian mafia. He's an MMA fighter. True story. And he didn't want to budge. You don't pay, you leave. Otherwise, we beat you. So we left. <laughs> and we didn't hear nothing for an entire year, zero, zippo, one and a half years. And then when the Lord says, give 100K, suddenly the lawsuit shows up. And so family, every time God tells you to do something to move forward, you have to ask yourself, am I going to listen to what God said or am I going to be distracted by what the enemy does? Because the enemy will bring resistance in the same measure that God tells you to move forward. Can I get an amen? Say so building solid foundations. Oh, I've got so much to say, so little time to say it. All right. So let me paraphrase my message and then we'll be done. You're getting something out of today? Say faith. All right. So last week we went over all the benefits of wisdom. It'll bring joy, profit to your life, a long life, wealth, riches, honor, her paths are paths of peace, her ways are pleasant. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Happy are those who retain her. Through wisdom you can establish and build. Wisdom will keep you safe. Wisdom will give you peaceful night's sleep. No fear will hit you of sudden disaster. Wisdom will keep you secure. Wisdom will protect you, guard you, and make you great and honor you. And so in the commands of God is the wisdom of God. Look at the person next to you and say, when God gives you a command... It is a boundary that he has set up for you to live within so you can experience the benefits of wisdom, which is life and life more abundantly. You can't live outside of the commands of God and expect God to bless you. That's called entitlement. It ain't going to work. Can I get an amen? And so we're talking about God's laws, right? And there's this thing that I hear in my heart that, that has been preached, that is taken out of context, and it's that we don't live under the laws of Moses any longer. And that is true. We don't live under the laws of Moses, but they're still the laws of God. Can I get an amen? 
If you live in South Africa, you've got to abide by the laws of the land. If you live in America, you still have to abide by the laws of the land. If you're going to live in the kingdom of God, you have to live according to the laws of the kingdom. Can I get an amen? And I want to show you from Scripture that laws are everywhere. It's not something new, and it's not something that gets done away with. Can I get an amen? And so if you go to the, the beginning, to the Garden of Eden, in Genesis chapter 2, 15 through 17, the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and if you eat of it, you are sure to die. So here in the Garden of Eden, the man is in God's presence. God speaks to the man and says, you are supposed to tend and watch over this garden. So God puts him in a specific place, and he gives him a purpose in that place, and then he gives him precepts. He says, you can eat of any tree, but don't touch this tree, because if you do, you're going to die. Can I get an amen? So God takes a man. He puts him in a garden, a place. He puts him in his presence. He gives him purpose, and then he gives him precepts, laws to live by. Amen. So we have laws in the Garden of Eden. And if you disobey, there's going to be trouble, right? Listen, if you touch that hot stove, son, you're going to burn your fingers. You better listen and obey. What is hot? Oh, that's hot. Look at somebody and say, you learn one of two ways. You learn through wisdom or you learn through pain. You're going to learn. Please don't choose the pain way. It's horrible. Amen. And so in the old covenant, if you go to Israel, God brings Israel out of Egypt. And I want to read Exodus chapter 19. So we have the garden. Now we have the old covenant. Exodus chapter 19. <clears throat> exactly two months, 19.1. Exactly two months after Israel left Egypt, they arrived in the wilderness of Sinai. After breaking camp at Rephidim, they came to the wilderness of Sinai and set up a camp here at the base of Mount Sinai. Say Mount Sinai. Then Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God. The Lord God called to him from the mountain and said, Give these instructions to the family of Jacob. Announce it to their descendants of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples of the earth, for the earth belongs to me. And you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. And this is the message you must give to the people of Israel. So here we see God's making a very clear line through who you obey determines who you serve. If you're going to serve the Egyptian king, he's going to hold you in bondage and slavery. You belong to him. But if you're going to be my people, my kingdom of priests, you're going to be my special treasure. The way you prove it is by living according to my laws and my standards. And so God brings these people out of lawlessness, in a sense, and he brings them into a covenant, which is a covenant of laws. If you will obey my covenant laws, then you will experience the blessings. If you disobey them, then you will experience the punishment. 
Look at the person next to you and say, the blessing and the curse are my decision. If you're living under the curse, you can't say, God did this to me. God hates me. No, you're being rebellious and you're getting what you're doing. You're reaping the rewards of living the way God told you not to live. You can't blame God. Look in the mirror. I've been there, done that. Almost died several times. I'm glad I'm not dying on the brink of death anymore. I'm living and enjoying life. Amen. And so if you go to Exodus chapter 20, we read that Moses goes up to the mountain and God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. Look at the person next to you and say, the Ten Commandments are still valid today. Just because they took them out of the courthouse doesn't mean they're gone. Just because they took them out of the school doesn't mean they're gone. They're still God's laws. Can I get an amen? And so, do you know what the Ten Commandments are? Can you name them? Because if you don't know them, you won't live by them. Say, I've hidden my God's Word in my heart that I might not sin against Him. If you don't know the laws, you'll break them. Can I get an amen? And so, family, who wants to walk in the blessing? Who wants to live in, in the flourishing season of being blessed where no animal can ravage and destroy what God is giving you? Who wants to be fruitful and multiply? We have to submit ourselves to the Word of God and the laws of God so we can have the blessing of God and the protection of God. You can't get it any other way. And you have to stop trying to mix things when it doesn't work because you're being rebellious. Just because the Jesus thing isn't working for you, you don't add crystals, you don't add Muhammad, you don't add Buddha, you don't add new age to try and manipulate it in the spirit to make it happen. It won't work. The only way it works is for you to surrender your life and humble yourself under the hand of God. And He will bless you. Can I get an amen? And so we see that God has given these people here at Mount Sinai. He says, you are my people. I'm giving you a place, the promised land. A land flowing with milk and honey in abundance. He's putting them in His presence, a cloud of fire. I mean, a pillar of fire and a, and, and a cloud of covering, the glory cloud covering them. So they've got the presence of God. They've got the place where God is sending them. God gives them a purpose. He says, I want you to go in there and I want you to drive out the inhabitants from that land and take that property. Can I get an amen? So God, once again, gives them precepts. And he says, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to do it my way. Say, not my will, but your will be done. See, we pray that prayer, but do we live the prayer? So that's old covenant. Let's go to the new covenant. Because I want you to see that it doesn't change. Go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1. So Jesus comes in the new covenant, the second Adam. He comes to destroy the power of sin and death. And he comes to bring us into the presence of God. Can I say Acts, right? Go to Acts chapter 1. So in Acts chapter 1, Jesus speaking. Jesus goes to the cross. He raises from the dead. And then he goes to his disciples and he tells them this. He says, do not leave Jerusalem 
until the Father sends you the gift He promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Say, God wants to give us His presence. Then it's in verse 7 it says, the apostles ask him, when are you going to come restore the kingdom? And he replies, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They're not for you to know. But when you receive power, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God has given us purpose. God gives us his presence, the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you get purpose. What is the purpose for that power? To tell people about the kingdom and about Jesus and about all the good things that God has for them. Can I get an amen? And then what, what is the place that God has given us? Very good question. In Luke chapter 12, verse 34, it says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom of God. Look at the person next to you and say, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father, into the kingdom, except through Him. So when you get the Holy Ghost, you get God's presence. When you get the Holy Ghost, you get purpose to tell people about God everywhere. When you get the Holy Ghost, you get access to the place, the kingdom of God. But guess what, family? Jesus doesn't end it there. He gives us one more thing. Look at the person next to you. Say, he gave us precept. He gave us law. And this is what it says in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven: 37. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as you do yourself. The entire law, we're talking Moses now, the law, and all its demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. In Matthew 5, 17 through 18, it says, Don't think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come to fulfill them. So Jesus didn't come to abolish it. He didn't get rid of it. He came to fulfill it. Jesus became the lamb that was sacrificed to pay the price for what we couldn't pay. Can I get an amen? He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. In the old covenant, the law required animal sacrifice. Jesus became that lamb and his pure spotless blood paid that sacrifice once and for all. The blood of Jesus washes us, cleanses us, redeems us, purchases us, and brings us back into relationship with God. Can I get an amen? And not only did Jesus die as the sacrifice, Jesus sent us the Holy Ghost. Oh, my gosh. Do you know what the Holy Ghost is? The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. What happens when you get the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost comes in you and resurrects you out of sin and death to live above it. So you live back in the garden, above death. The Holy Ghost is resurrection power that resurrects you out of the clutches of sin and death so that it's under your feet again. I was, I was writing, you know, the Lord writes things through me. I don't even know what I'm writing. 
And it came out of me this morning, and I'm like, that's the Holy Ghost. It's resurrection power. It takes you out of sin and death because God said in the Garden of Eden, if you eat its fruit, you will die. You will come under death. But Jesus says, I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost, which will resurrect you because I hold the keys to death in the grave, and you can't die. You will live forever. And God puts us in His kingdom, in His presence, gives us power, and it gives us purpose to tell people about Him and who He is and what He's done for us. Break this microphone. <laughs> Can I get an amen? amen? And so, listen, when you get the Holy Ghost, you get resurrected. When you get the, when you get the Holy Ghost, you tap into the inheritance. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 2. Let me read that too while we're at it because we're, talk, we're finishing up with dreams and visions. Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost... All the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then one looked like and appeared like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each and every one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. Say everyone. This is for everybody. Now listen to this. Let's go a little bit further, and then I'm done. They go out into the streets. They start telling the crowds about Jesus. People say, you guys are drunk. You're crazy. And Peter gets up in verse 17 and says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And in those days, I will pour my spirit out on my servants and men and women alike. And they will prophesy. Can I get an amen? So we're living in the day and the hour where God pours out His Spirit upon you. And by the Holy Ghost, you begin to see what God has for your life. You begin to tap into the scroll that was written about your life in the heart of God before you were formed in your mother's womb. And what God does is He opens the wisdom book for your life and you begin to see what God has written about you and what God has purposed for you. And when you find out who you are in God and your assignment and what God has called you to do, and you live according to His precepts, I'm telling you, you come into a place where you're covered and protected by the presence and power of God. You come into the secret place, and there's no enemy that can penetrate that place. You come under His shelter, and you come under His covering. Can I get an amen?